depression also, when people fall into depression, what is the chemical that they're missing? Serotonin. What else? Dopamine. What? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> so, so, but depression is very deep. So today, I just want to, in a general way, give you a picture that depression is something real. It can become into the life of a Christian. It is very popular. And the statistics, statistics say that between 13 million to 14 million Americans suffer uh, from depression. So it's a big topic, and today I want to take you to the book of Psalms, chapter 88, and let me tell you, a lot of theologians and preachers believe that this is the saddest psalm in the entire book of Psalms. So I don't want you to leave the church depressed today, you know, because of the chapter that we read. I want you to be encouraged and have hope that God can help you through the stage of depression. So in this, um, in this chapter, we're going to see that... David was feeling, he wasn't feeling pretty good at the time. You will see that there's not a lot of positive things, you know, that he says, uh, that he says uh, during this chapter. But we're going to talk about what kind of prayer he's praying because that's what we need to do when we fall into depression. Or if we know somebody who has depression or obviously around the community. So the book of Psalms, chapter 88, verse eight, 1 to 18 says, Lord... You are the God who saves me. Day and night, I cried out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead. Like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken me from my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. I call to you. Uh, my eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your, is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of the oblivion? Oblivion meaning destruction or perish. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken me or taken from me, friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today, Lord God, for your word. And we thank you, Lord God, because 
the Bible, the scripture, has a word for every phase that we go through in life. Whether we are happy, joyful, sad, angry, or depressed, uh, or anxious, Lord God, there's word in this scripture, Lord God, that can give us faith, strength, and courage, Lord God, to continue on with life and enjoying our relationship with you. I pray, Lord God, that if anyone here is suffering from, from depression, including myself, Lord God, I pray that you speak to us today, that you open our eyes and ears and hearts so that we seek after you and be proactive, Lord God, because you want us to not just endure life, but enjoy life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, one of the things that, the first thing that wasn't that a, a very sad psalm to read, uh, that would probably be, wouldn't probably be a chapter, you know, that you would read, you know, before going to bed. But, you know, what I like about this psalm is that uh, the writer, David, you know, he's expressing exactly how he feels. Christians, we sometimes, you know, we know that Jesus is with us, and we know that, you know, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. And we know that the Bible says all things work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. But we, we're still human beings. You still go through struggles in life. Um, I think if we would start sharing each of us what was your childhood like, not all of us, you know, had a very chappy, uh, happy childhood. I went through a civil war. You know, I used to believe, you know, as a kid that shootings, you know, were fun, uh, you know, whenever, because I went through a civil war, you know, for like 10 to 12 years, and whenever a shooting started, I remember that the first thing, you know, that I would do would be like to go outside and see who was killing each other. You know, I thought that that was fun as a kid. Later on in life, the, the trauma caught up with me, and I realized that it wasn't that fun. Not only that, but... Maybe you haven't gone through a civil war, but you have had issues in your family. You have gone through so much hardships in life. Uh, you have had to overcome so many things in life that sometimes you see yourself in a position where you feel hopeless. Sometimes, you know, people fall into depression after a breakup, you know, after a divorce, after the loss of a child. Uh, depression can come from so many different ways, so many different directions. But what I want you to know today is that there is hope in Christ. There is hope. And God doesn't want you to only endure life and fight in life. God also wants you to enjoy life because he is life. So... Let's go back to the scripture, and this is what the Bible says about this chapter. Uh, if you see Psalms 88, verse 1, 8, and 13, in verse 1, David says, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cried out to you. I want you to see that David is putting God first in his life as God is the one who can show me the way. God is the one who can show me where this feeling is coming from. Where is this darkness coming from? Sometimes, you know, we may not see it. But sometimes, you know, darkness can come from, from so many places. Uh, just uh, maybe about six years ago, you know, I, would, I was renting a single apartment uh, in South El Monte. And, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was pretty happy, you know, where I was. And then... The, the owner of the house, when she found out that I was a Christian, 
uh, because all of a sudden, you know, she, she saw me with my guitar. I would leave early, my guitar and my Bible. So she connected, you know, right away that I was a Christian. And when she found out that I was a Christian, she started to put candles with uh, dead people, you know, outside my, my little apartment and black candles. And there was one time, you know, that I came out of my, my single apartment and I saw that there were about 20 to 30 candles uh, of that saint, you know, that they worship in Mexico that is called the death, the, the saint of the death. So a lot of cartels, you know, use that as a saint that will save them, you know, if they're doing something evil. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is totally not okay. I started, you know, right away looking for a place. This lady doesn't, she's in a different world and I'm not going to be here. So I left. So sometimes you don't know the enemies that you have around you. If you read in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, the Bible says that we have a spiritual war. There's a war around us and sometimes we don't realize that the enemy, uh, the Bible says, has come to steal and to destroy and to kill. So we have to be alert, you know, for what's going on around us. And what I like about David is that the one thing that he did first, number one, he says, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cried out to you. So we already know God can show us the way. But I want you to see uh, later on in verse Verse 8, David says, you have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. So the number one thing we need to do when you find yourself in that dark place is we must seek for answers. Look, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling like nobody, you know, is, is supporting you or helping you, and you got to remember that sometimes when we're depressed, we're not thinking correctly. When we are depressed, we're thinking that nobody wants us, nobody likes us, and we have the tendency to isolate ourselves and go into that place where we feel like it's more comfortable being alone because that way we don't have to get that strength, you know, to, to have to talk to people. But the number one thing that we have to do is we have to look for answers. What is happening with me? What is happening with my situation? Where is this coming from? And start looking for answers. I'm telling you, David said in the first verse that, you know, he says, uh, Lord, you are the one who saves me. You are the God who saves me. If you feel confused, if you feel like you don't know where this feeling is coming from, God can show you the way. I remember one time, and I want to be open and honest with you because... I got to tell you, uh, depression can hit anybody. It has hit me many times. Years ago, I was in my apartment, and uh, I had just come from the church that I was. I had preached, and there were about 450 people. And I remember after the message, uh, people were excited and happy, and, oh, that was a good message, and, and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, they made me smile. Uh, 20 minutes, I could last there, and I left to my apartment. And I remember that this sadness came upon my body. I went onto the floor, sat down 20 minutes after the service, and I started crying. Because I didn't, I didn't know where is this sadness coming from. I mean, I pray, I read the Bible, I'm the pastor of the church. Why should I feel depressed? I had no reason to feel depressed. 
And I remember that I went on my knees and I started praying. And I said, God, why do I feel like this? Show me something. I can't be like this all the time. I have been suffering from that for like about a year. And a thought came to my mind, go to Santa Monica. And I didn't want to drive, but that thought was in my mind so powerful, so strong that I drove to Santa Monica and then I parked and I said, okay, God, why did you bring me here? And I started walking, you know, in the promenade and all of a sudden I see a coffee shop. I go inside a coffee shop and there's books, you know, all over the place and I started, you know, going to the first floor and then I was like, I went to the second floor and then um, I went to the third floor and I went to the kill section and I was like, what am I doing here, Lord? And then when I was about to leave, there was a section in the bookstore that I had not walked by. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go walk by that section and then come back and leave. And uh, I go by the section. And when I'm walking, you know, by the section, I was about to make a right turn. When I look down, I see a book that says Depression in Christians. So I, I saw that book. I took it, and I purchased the book, and I went back home, and a book that it was like that, fake, I read it in, like, in two days. One of the first stories in the book talks about one, one of my favorite preachers from England, that is, his name is Charles Spurgeon, and it talks about, in his biography, let me tell you, Charles Spurgeon was like, Billy Graham, you know, in, in that century, he was a great preacher and pastor in England. And in his biography, he talks about feeling depressed. He talks about feeling loneliness. Even in the middle of prayer, in the middle of reading the Bible, the scripture, he was uh, so animated and so joyful. But when he would go back to prayer, sadness would come to him. So I started to read this book and God started to show me that depression was real in my life and I needed to start seeking for answers. Where is this coming from? And as I started to discover and explore myself, I realized that I still had trauma, you know, from the civil war in El Salvador. That I realized that I still felt resentment towards my mom because she left us. And I started to realize that I needed to forgive my uncle who abused me and my brother and my sister physically. My uncle, my mom would go to work to, to a bakery. My dad would go to a Bible school. My uncle would steal the bicycles and toys from us, would go sell them and then buy drugs and alcohol. And one time when I confronted my uncle, this is when I was seven years old, he got his belt and he started, you know, like, like beating me, he, he gave me, I think, like maybe like 20 times uh, with that belt. And uh, of course, when you live in a third world country, nobody cares that much about, you know, physical abuse. Uh, they think corporate punishment, you know, it's okay. Uh, but God brought me to a point where God showed me that I needed to forgive, I needed to forget if possible, and I needed to move on because God didn't want me to live my life like that for the rest of my life. So I started to go to those relationships that hurt me. I went to my mom, and my mom, you know, she, I shared with my mom that I felt hurt that she left us, you know, when I was a kid. Then I started to talk to other pastors, and I told pastors, hey, 
uh, Charles Spurgeon, he was depressed, you know, when he was a pastor. Is that possible? Then I see the book of Psalms, you know, David is saying, I feel in this dark place what's happening. But in the first verse, David says, you are the God who saves me. So one of the first things, you know, that we need to help people with, you know, at the church, in the community, when they say, I have depression or I feel depressed, is to encourage them to look for answers. Do whatever you have to do to, to get to a place where you can confront, you know, what's happening to you. Go to church. Go to therapy. Start practicing sports. Start walking. And above all... Above all, be committed to your recovery. Don't have that sadness, you know, for so many years. Jesus came to make us free from the chains of the enemy. Jesus came to, to give us life and give us life abundantly. Verse 8, it draws my attention that David is saying, you have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. Now, God didn't do that to David, of course, but that's how he feels. And sometimes when you are in that place of depression, you may feel that God has abandoned you. You may feel that maybe God or you are the one who is causing your friends to to not be around you because the friends left, you know, left David. But I want to encourage you when you see somebody who is going through depression, don't leave them. Text them. Call them. Send them an email. Don't forget about them. About three months ago, a youth pastor from Brazil she had been suffering from depression, and she had led the, the youth service. And if you know anything about Brazil right now, Brazil is probably the country that is experiencing the most revival in the earth right now. I mean, there's multiplication of churches all over the place. And this youth pastor left the service, and she texted, you know, a friend, I am deeply, deeply, deeply depressed right now. Please help me. She went back to her apartment, and then by the time he got to her apartment, she had already committed suicide. And sometimes, you know, we don't take it seriously because we spiritualize everything. We think, you know what, I already pray for her. Uh, she should know or he should know, you know, what's going on. Uh, people who experience mental health need the support of the church. They need us. Now, if, if you are the one who experienced depression, please also understand that it's very hard for people to listen to a depressed person, you know, for like an hour or two. Because sometimes, you know, when I've been depressed, I, I think about my friends, and I'm like, okay, my friends don't call me. Uh, this person knows, this other person knows, this other person knows, they don't call me. But I'm like, I understand. Nobody wants to listen to a depressed person, you know, for like an hour or two. But the calling is for us to work together so that God can restore the life of whoever feels like that. 
So look for answers. Don't stay, you know, right there. Don't just walk away. There's some people that, you know, they, they just give up and they, they stop coming to church. They stop going to the life group because they're feeling like that. Don't do that because then you're making it worse. How is God going to show you the answers if you walk away? Point, point number two, we must find a living hope in the face of death. Psalm 88, uh, verse 10 and 12 says, uh, do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? So David is telling God, God, this is the worst case scenario. This is, this is how I see my reality. But do you remember that many times, you know, David would also say, even if I walk in the valley of death, what? I will fear no evil. So this is some, a moment, you know, that he's facing. It's, it's, it's hard. It's tough for him. But hope comes from the Lord. And I want you to know that if we start looking for the answers, God is going to show you the way, just like he showed me, you know, the way. And now um, I feel a lot of um, I feel a lot of passion and I feel a lot of love for for people who have depression. But not only for that, I have a special calling in my heart in the future to create a ministry for pastors who go through depression. Because let me tell you. When you are a pastor and you fall into depression, sometimes it is very difficult for some people in the church to understand. And let me tell you something else. I feel like I'm venting, but I'm not. Let me tell you something else. Sometimes people don't realize that pastors, they take all the heat of what's wrong in the church. And pastors are human beings, and they also need the encouragement and the support of you and your prayers, and, and come to them and cheer them up and pray for them, lift them up, you know, in prayer. One of the things that, that hurt the, the, the heart of the pastors is when someone leaves the church without saying goodbye. And I can tell you that from experience. Um, if you ever decide, you know, I'm going to try another church and, you know, uh, I'm going to move, that's fine. All we want you is to have a relationship with God. You can go to another church, that's fine. But do not just leave and walk away and stop answering phone calls because then we think that we did something wrong and we feel bad, we feel guilty, and then we may feel a little depressed. One of the things that, that we have to see is 1 Peter 1, 3 says that, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Whatever you are going through, you know that we have power through the resurrection of Jesus. And I will finish with these two points. Uh, number three, we must find the answer of God's forgiveness in the face of failure. Look, People who go through depression, or if you're going through depression, sometimes you have to forgive yourself. 
because you set these expectations so high about you, and when you don't meet those expectations, then you feel like you are a failure. So sometimes we are the ones who have to confess, okay, Lord, I am not forgiving myself. I am not giving myself a chance. You are very good with other people. You are very good at comforting other people, at following up with other people, at showing mercy and grace towards other people, but you don't show it to yourself. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, and I'm not talking just about depression. Anything that is in your life, and your heart, that you need to deal with, uh, I'm not saying you're going to have to come here in front of the church and confess it. No, that's not what we're talking about. Get it out of your heart. Deal with it. Don't hide it. Don't keep it there. If it was something that somebody did to you years ago, it's time to deal with it. Cut it. Forgive it. Forgive yourself. Let, let God touch you and let's move on so that that doesn't build up and then it becomes worse. And number four, uh, we must find authentic community in the face of of aloneness i like what the apostle paul says in romans 12 15 rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn so if someone is happy in the church let's rejoice if someone is crying you know in the church let's give them comfort I want to finish with these quotes from some books, you know, that I've read. Number one, depression is time limited. Depression doesn't have to last forever. If you seek for the answers of what's causing that depression in you, and you are proactive with God's help, you can get up, overcome, and continue with a normal life in your life. Number two, activity is remedy for depression. You want to get out for, from depression? Activity. Start putting things in your schedule. You know what I do now? I know they were laughing in the life group, but I get up at 5.30 in the morning at 6 a.m. I was sharing with the life group the last Thursday. I go to a Zumba class. Six o'clock in the morning, about 40 women, I'm, an, I'm the only man. All of them have been practicing Zumba for years, and I'm a little out of shape. But, you know, after I do that Zumba for an hour, I go to work like that. <laughs> Activity is a remedy for depression. Get your schedule and start putting things in that schedule, but do not let... Uh, your depression get in the way and you will notice that many times like John Maxwell says motivation you will not have motivation but when you start doing the activity all of a sudden the motivation is going to start catching up with you and you're going to get to the point where you will, you will say okay I'm depressed but I still feel motivation what's going on and that's how you keep doing the activities and doing the activities and doing the activities and you will realize that by keeping yourself busy 
you will start overcoming depression. Depression thinking is a state of mind, not a concrete reality. When people are depressed, they're not thinking right. They need support. And when you are depressed, it's not the time to look and seek refuge in a cabin deep in the woods. It is not the time to give up on yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, this, this may not be the most exciting topic, Lord, maybe for some people because they haven't experienced this in their life, but David experienced it. Jesus experienced it. Elisha experienced it. So many people are God experienced it in the Bible. But your Bible also, your scripture, God also says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Whatever is in our lives, whether it is trauma, whether it is hurt, or whether it is just a chemical imbalance, I pray right now, Lord God, that we will seek those answers. We will, we will be proactive, Lord God, in overcoming uh, this thing, Lord God, that comes into our lives sometimes. And I also pray for your church, Lord God, those who don't understand what this is, those who may have a different opinion about this topic, I pray that you also speak to them, Lord God, and, have, and help them have compassion because this is a real issue and we need to deal with it and we need to support people who experience it. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor.